Welcome to Two Crazy Scoops Podcast Season 4 with your hosts Ao and Antino. This week we have special guest Jack Smith with us to talk about a variety of topics, as we will soon find out, as usual. So welcome to Crazy Scoops. As I said, I'm Antino and I'm with Ao today. How are you doing? You're talking to me, aren't you? <laughs> or how are you doing, how Jack? You? We'll start with you. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am I am well. I had first of all I had to remember that I'm Jack Smith. I use my other name all the time. Oh Joaquin. <laughs> I didn't want to screw it up, so I was just like I'll, I'll stick with Jack. <laughs> just stick with that, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so how oh, you, how's it going, Aaron? Good, man. Good. It's a good day. We have our good friend Jack here and we are looking forward to interviewing you today and and asking you some questions and picking your brain because you have a lot of knowledge and we want to get to it. Um, but before we get um, into the meat of the interview, we want to start with some icebreaker questions. All right. First, first, tell us a little bit about you. Where Tell us where you're from and where you live now. Interesting. Okay. I am uh, born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm one of the five natives that are here because everybody else is from someplace else. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like I said, I've been living here my my whole life. Um, I'm working, I have an unusual um, uh, uh, work past, if you will. Usually out of high school to the age that I am now, which is about (laughs) Um, people have multiple jobs in my entire life. I've only had three. Oh, wow. I graduated from high school back in 19. And (laughs) I, um, I had a job for three months at Jack in the box. Okay. I, my next job was for 14 years at one major credit card company. And now I work for one of the major banks since then. And I've been there since then for the past 20 some odd years, three jobs only. Now, usually I think after high school, doesn't a person have three jobs like in the first three months? <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. It does seem that way now. Uh, but if it makes you, well, I, uh, well, no, maybe they're a little bit older than you. I was going to say, I have a, well, I have a lot of family members who being from Detroit, they work for the car companies and they went there straight out of high school and they graduated. Most of them, like before they turned 60, they had, they retired, um, from one of the car companies. So they only had one job job. (laughs) for 30 plus years. So, um, I think for the millennials, it might be a little bit different, but I, I say if you can do it, it's probably better. <laughs> probably better that way to just stick to one thing. Because sometimes you move into something you can't stand. And uh, yeah, and there goes your life right there. The stress from the new job. I'm not so- I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Oh, no, it's all good. You can laugh at me. It is funny. <laughs> I laugh at myself all the time. Um, all right, cool. So we're going to go into your jobs a little bit. And then what we came here to talk about is our love for foreign languages. But before we get that, I have some icebreaker questions for you. Antino hates these, but I think they're pretty good. Sure. Um, I'm an open 
Fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll start off easy. So how many languages can you speak? Uh, fluently three. Mm-hmm. Understanding probably mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say two more, but I don't I don't speak them though. Okay. I uh, fluently speak in order of understanding. Um, Portuguese is first, Spanish is second, English is third. That's sad, but it's become true in my life. <laughs> and, okay. And, uh, I can understand Italian mm-hmm. and a little bit of Romanian, and that's of course all because they're they're Latin. Yes. Yeah, but absolutely. For, for some strange reason, though. Um, and it's, it's no knock against, against them, but somehow French, I can't get French. I remember going to Montreal, the wife and I, and, uh, not Montreal. It was in Montreal. It was, uh, Ontario. We went to Toronto mm-hmm. and, um, uh, I sat in the, in the hotel room, turned the television news on. So I figure, okay, with visual and the fact that I can understand Latin languages, Mm-hmm. I will be understand what this newscaster is saying. I understood exactly one word. <laughs> baby. <laughs> Got know, you. When it comes to French, it just shuts off. One day, I'll, maybe I'll pick it up. You know what was funny? And I was thinking about this as you were talking. I think for... So those languages you mentioned, like Italian and Romanian, I can actually read those as well as French a little bit. And I do have a little bit of history with French, but... I can actually read them, but I, as far as understanding, it's a little bit tougher for me. Uh, but for French, I, I I bet you you could read French. I, you know, I bet French, I bet you could read it. <laughs> well, it's a wonderful language, but there's a whole lot of letters that they right. Don't... Yeah, <laughs> I tried reading it one time, exactly. and I was like, "What do I do with the X? I don't exactly. know. I don't know what to do with this right now." Sorry, I froze for a second. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, there's, um, I think you could actually read French, though. Mm. I think you could read it. <laughs> I'll venture one day. Uh, we'll, we'll have to test you with a simple sentence and see if Uh-oh. you can, if you Uh-oh. can read it. Um, but no, I think you could read it. I think it's just the pronunciation. They pronounce everything differently. Once you learn their pronunciation, then you're good, but they have a very unique way of talking. So gotcha. Gotcha. But, um, all right, cool. Um, what is your favorite strange food combination? Ooh, now see, a lot of your listeners may want to close their ears. <laughs> or at it's least okay. the Pepto-Bismol, because it can, I, I, I have some very strange things. First of all, for me, ketchup is a food group that is necessary to my existence. Okay. So ketchup pretty much goes on everything. We got ketchup on rice on chicken we've got ketchup on steak we've got ketchup sandwiches actually if i'm hungry enough that'll happen um it's it's Mm -hmm. it's pretty sad now as far as exotic foods and things that i like pretty Mm -hmm. much i'm eating anything that comes out of my wife's kitchen i'm gonna branch off just for a little bit here and say she is the best cook ever she's Mm -hmm. actually spoiled me from restaurant food i go to a restaurant just to associate not to really enjoy the food because mm-hmm. our food is always better. Okay, now back to this. Um, as to types of food, what I would you like to know what I have eaten? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we have, uh, of course, because my family's from the south, uh, chitlins. I've I've had those okay. best things ever. 
pretty much any part of the hog. You got the ear, pig ears, you got pig feet, uh, pretty much anything on a pig. I'll pretty much eat it. Would you not, put ketchup? Hog cheese, not so much. Yeah, yeah, no, that's nasty. <laughs> Wait, would you put ketchup on chitlins? I will not oppose it. It won't be on purpose. But if it happens, I won't oppose it. <laughs> oh my god. You know, I, I venture off to, well, uh, I've got into a lot of Brazilian foods as well. Uh, a lot of, uh, my wife now knows she makes feijoada, pau de queijo. Those mm-hmm. are good. And then because I'm born and raised in Phoenix, uh, I'm second generation, actually, which is kind of uh, interesting. My father was born and raised here as well. Um, Mexican food and not Taco Bell. Real, for real Mexican food. Like, nobody... Oh, wait. And wait, can you repeat that sentence one more time? You said not what? Not uh oh. <laughs> no, no, no. You said real Mexican food, not so not Taco Bell. Okay. I just wanted you to say that again because I didn't, I wasn't sure if Antino heard you or not. So <laughs> I, I love Taco Bell. <laughs> it's it a food, it's not Mexican food. Exactly. Thank you. Someone was Thank telling you. me it all tastes the same, it's just shaped differently. <laughs> Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, oh, right. You have, you've conjured up this thing in my head that in the back they have this big block of food. Yeah. They just cut it off. They put it in different things and sell. Pretty it. much. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, authentic Mexican food. I've been to Thai food too, uh, which has superseded my Chinese food because Chinese food used to be like my blood. And then I mm-hmm. tried, tried Thai food and that's completely superseded. Me too. I love Thai food. Mm-hmm. Nothing like some chicken pad Thai, or there's some other combinations. I love curry. Anything? Yeah. Like oh that. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, we have a Thai place right up the street, which actually is a little dangerous. I wish it wasn't right up the street because then I wouldn't have it every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thai. I think Thai food is much better than getting greasy American food though. So oh, yeah. I, I think you're good there. Um, let's see if you could say, uh, I just saw one. Oh, okay. If you could be in the Guinness book of world records, oh, what <laughs> record breaking feat would you attempt? Wow. And here's the nerd answer. The nerd answer is to be able to speak the most languages. Nice. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. That's the nerd answer. Not the highest jumper or the strongest person. To be able to meet a person and be able to speak to them in their language. Okay. I'm curious to know who is who holds that record. Can we um yeah, can we we'll, find we'll that out real quick? I saw that once. It was on YouTube, and uh-huh. I forgot who it was. Mm-hmm. I forgot who it was, but there is some guy, and I forgot the number of languages too. Mm-hmm. So, if you could choose another language to learn right now, what language would you learn? What, now, what would be the next? What would be the next a one? Really, really good question. Um, I mean, the, the, probably with the Latin background, one would say, okay, let's go ahead and just knock out French and Italian and get fluent in those and move on. But for for me, learning lang- the languages that I know, it's because they affect 
my, it's going to sound kind of corny, but they affected my heart. I learned Spanish because I fell in love with Spanish. I learned Portuguese because I fell in love with Portuguese. Uh, it's not just a mind thing for me. It's a heart thing. And I'm trying to think that for right now, there's really not another language that's grabbing my heart. I wish I could speak Russian, but mm -hmm. then we're dealing with a whole other alphabet that's not mine. And so that pushes me away. Mm -hmm. uh, Mandarin, uh, my younger brother and his wife, they speak Mandarin. Again, not my alphabet. So uh, my sister, she um, she and her family were learning Navajo. Um, that was interesting. Except the words are too long. There are two vowels. So I have all these preconceived ideas that's keeping me <laughs> from going forward with the language learning. But mm -hmm. if I did want to learn a new one, I would probably... I would probably venture into Greek. Huh. Okay. Actually, oh. I should already know Greek. There's a story behind that. But <laughs> Greek, that's going to be, thank you. You've just, you've just made me remember what my next one would be, and it's Greek. Okay. Well, I'm curious to hear this. Yeah, why, what's the story Greek? behind it? Yeah, I want to hear the story. I don't know if you want to hear it now or if this yeah. comes <laughs> No, go ahead. Go for it. Well, I've I've always I've always liked Greek outside of Spanish, and it's, it's interesting because Greek uh, a lot of uh, English is based on Greek um, Greek words. Actually, a lot of words that we use. But um, I was going to go to Greece back in '97. Yeah, back in '97, I was planning to uh, go to Greece. Uh, for a convention there and I was start getting ready to start making my plans to go and for me to go to another country um, I have to know the language of that country that's how again nerdy I am um, not just your hello and whatever I needed to be conversant so I was going to start Greek and something happened that kept me from going to Greece and I mentioned her earlier. She's uh, in the kitchen cooking there. <laughs> so once she came in in 1997, there was no more grease. Uh, Got you. <laughs> Got you. Okay. Awesome. Nice. So do you guys want to know, according to Google, who speaks yes. the most languages? So yeah. <laughs> it says uh, his name is Ziad Faza. Born in Liberia, brought up in Beirut, and now living in Brazil, claims to be the world's greatest living polygot, speaking a total of 59 world languages. Wow. So that's according 59. to <laughs> So, wow. So it's not too late. You already got three down. <laughs> and, and five, you know, kind of have five going. So 55 more, are you there, Jack? I say you... It's it's interesting. I guess I I guess I could do that. Um, you can. You absolutely a, can. A previous employer of mine, um, <clears throat> another another boss, had, a manager, had asked her because I was on I was on this one woman's team, and they asked her. They go, "How many languages does he speak?" And what she said intrigued me. This is years ago. What she said intrigued me. She goes, "Oh, I think he learns a new language a year." <laughs> and I said, "You know what? I should do that." You know, that was 20 years ago and that hadn't happened, but <laughs> I could be there. I could almost you be there. 
You absolutely could. I think you have the mind for it. I've seen some YouTubers who who purposely do that just to, and they record their little progress. Right. And they don't lo- know the language backwards and forwards and upside down, but they learn enough to have a good conversation with everybody. So just enough to have a basic conversation. Um, but you know and, what? When when I met you, Jack, I just kind of assumed you knew sign language because you're so expressive. But I was surprised <laughs> to learn that you didn't. <laughs> Actually, you know what? You Thank you. Thank you very much. It's sign language before Greek. Oh. That's what I want to learn. <laughs> sign language? <laughs> nice. Well, I, have a, I have a niece who is going deaf. And uh, when she married my nephew, I had promised her, like, when they got married, I go, you know, in a year, I'm going to know sign language. So you know, I converse. That was like five years and two children ago. I feel kind of bad. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I feel kind of bad. I'm a little behind. But sign language and Greek, I could do both of them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Greek sign language. So I- <laughs> nice um all right cool another icebreaker question even though we've already broke the ice but i still think these are kind of funny Uh, (laughs) have you ever been mistaken for someone famous wow did somebody talk to you or is that a general question that's just a general general question question. (laughs) that is so funny all the time and i don't see it now trust me i don't walk around saying that i'm this guy okay but a lot of people my wife starts she she's the first one that said it and a lot of random people without my glasses you know are you related to denzel washington you look just like nice denzel washington. <laughs> nice nice i'm like that's nice but i i don't i don't see it at all a good one that's a one good time one. you know my one time my wife had gone to some place and and i had to walk in and ask you know where's my wife basically and uh-huh. she, people up front well when he comes in he'll be good looking and he looks like denzel and so uh-huh. when i walked in i'm like looking around kind of and they go are you looking for wanda yeah how did you know she said to look for somebody that looks like denzel i'm like what are you what are you nice. talking about nice. what are you drinking <laughs> I love it. What it's a, a it, random question that I hadn't answered to. <laughs> I, it's funny because it, that used to be the, that was, and it probably still is, but it used to be like the gold standard. Like that was the highest compliment for any, for any man. If you say, Hey, you look like Denzel, then that was a huge compliment. So that's a good one. That's really I'll good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. So, we kind of um, talked a little bit about this, but we're going to go back to a little bit of backstory on the languages that you speak. So you mentioned Spanish and Portuguese. Mm-hmm. So what what made you want to learn those languages? Which one did you learn first? What's the story behind that? Spanish. Spanish was the first one that I learned. And interesting, when I, I mentioned that I'm a native. I'm born and raised here. However, when I was a year old, we moved to Southern California. And then when I was eight, we moved back. So I don't really count that time as being away. Um, I remember as far back as five and six playing on the playground at school, hearing this group of kids speaking a language that I didn't know. And 
And then my father, he played uh, minor uh, baseball, uh, the, the minor leagues, I should say. Oh, okay. And uh, which is interesting. That's a little other side story. He almost uh, ended up in the major leagues and he aged out or something. I, I still don't know that complete story, but he was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But anyways, when we went to the, the baseball games, I would be hearing this other language. And I remember, you know, as, the, as they're running around the bases, I remember people shouting, andale, andale pues, andale, andale pues. And I thought, <laughs> what does that mean? What are they saying? And it was then, and also the friends that I had in school were, were Mexican-American. And so I thought, I, I need to learn that. I didn't know it was Spanish. I need to know, I need to learn this other way of talking so that I can talk with them. Uh, then we moved back to Arizona. Uh, and then in, I want to say it's the fourth grade. Yeah, it must be the fourth grade. We moved back when I was in the third grade. So in the fourth grade, um, the teacher at that time was um, Ms. Davis. I remember her. Uh, she liked to portion of the class to teach us some Spanish words type mm-hmm. of thing. Not a major thing of the day, just here's some Spanish words. She's a uh, Black woman, but she wanted to teach us some Spanish. And so it rekindled what was happening a couple of years earlier. Um, and then ever since then, I, you know, uh, my father, he spoke some Spanish because he's a native here as well. Uh, he spoke some Spanish. And so I'm picking up, you know, words here, words there, that type of thing. Still that love for it. And then finally, as a freshman in high school, it was a class. And I thought, I, I, I've got to take this class. So as a freshman, I'm sorry. Freshman year, I didn't know what I was doing. I just choose, chose classes. It wasn't until I became a sophomore and realized, oh, I should have took those classes to get those credits. I think <laughs> mm-hmm. everybody does that. Because mm-hmm. when you're a freshman, you don't know anything. And then yeah. sophomore is like, oh, I need these credits to graduate. I better go ahead and get them all. Yeah. Well, this was Spanish. So I took Spanish one and two, and then junior year, I took three and four and got some certificates for it uh, as well. Uh, because again, for me, Spanish is a passion, not just so that I can learn, so that I can get the B grade in school. I wanted to use it. And so um, I almost got hired. I remember when I was in high school, I almost got hired at a job because they needed Spanish speakers. I didn't speak Spanish at all, but they needed somebody. Mm-hmm. And so um, I ended up not getting that job. But in any case, I, um, I've always you know wanted Spanish and everything. Then finally... I ended up at the uh, the first company that I worked at after Jack in the Box, and they ended up needing people who were Spanish speaking because they were opening up an international unit. Basically, the customers who spoke these various different languages, foreign languages, were going to be calling for customer service, mm-hmm. and they needed people who spoke Spanish. Well, I got hired not because of my Spanish skills but because I was the only person that knew how to work the foreign computer base. I had already been working it for a long time and I had to teach everybody else. They're like, we need this guy on our team. Well, does he speak Spanish? Well, kind of a little bit, but not really. Um, And there was that job that put me into an environment where Spanish now became more proficient. So that's, that's uh, that's my Spanish story. Um, I had wanted to join a Spanish speaking 
Spanish-speaking group, uh, and so that didn't happen. So that's mm-hmm. that's what happened with Spanish. But there is a. Am I talking too much? I, I nope. Like to, no, no, yeah, no, no. I'm breaking out of my shell. I'm a shy person. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Timid. That's what I am. Um, one of the things that was funny with uh, with Spanish is uh, dialect. Yeah, one has to remember there's dialect and there's phrases that people mm-hmm. will use. So I was on the phone training in this new Spanish-speaking environment, trying to get basic things to help clients. And uh, the, I worked I worked for a credit card company, and the person who was training me fluent in Spanish, she had to go to lunch or step away or something. So I thought, okay, I'll just sit here. I'll, <clears throat> I'll take a call. That's not a problem. I can do this. And so the phone rang. I, you know, in my ear, I picked it up. And at the same time, simultaneously, the account comes up on the computer screen. And from what I can see on the account, I know what this person needed. It's a brand new account. The card was not active. And they needed to activate it. That's really the only thing that they could have possibly wanted. Mm-hmm. So as the person is speaking to me, they said, uh, uh, well, they, they had gotten the card, uh, if you will. And I'm listening to what she says. I'm listening for the verb activar. And I know what she wants. I'm, looking for, I'm listening for tarjeta, which is card. I'm listening for activar, which is activate. And I'll be good to go. But that is not what she said at all. Oh. She was from Texas. And she said to me, and I'll say it in Spanish, Señor, mi tarjeta me cayó. Which literally means my card has fallen on me. Yeah. What? <laughs> and I, I said, uh, discúlpame, señora, repítemelo. I'm sorry, ma'am, can you repeat that? What is she saying? So now I have this visual that maybe she walked into a store that had a gigantic display of the credit card. And it, <laughs> and it fell over on her. What is she saying? I don't know what she's saying. What, what is it? Well, that's a colloquialism that the card fell on me. So in, in English, we say, you know what? I was doing all these things and now this guy left my job. And now all of his responsibility fell on me. Uh. She was saying that it came to her. She received the card and wanted to activate it, just like I thought. But when she said her card had fell on her, I was, I, I didn't know what she was talking about. So nice. the girl comes back from lunch, and I tell her this story. And, she, and I said, she said something about the card falling on her. And the girl was beat red with laughter. Jack, did she see me that I hit them a coyote? It means that the card came. Oh, how come you didn't say that? (laughs) So when you learn another language, you're gonna Mm -hmm. have those things in between the the, the translating. It's like, what? What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. When dealing with the differences in culture, too, what did you experience when you first started becoming more fluent in Spanish? Would you say? Uh, You know, that's that's a good question. Uh, when it comes to culture, because um, something my Spanish-speaking teacher told me uh, when we were in class is that Spanish is a language, not a nationality. 
just because someone uh, may be Mexican-American, for example, it doesn't mean they speak Spanish. Just because someone isn't doesn't mean that they don't speak Spanish. So she was helping us to appreciate culture along with the language, which I, to this day I totally appreciate because I don't think that one could truly learn a language without appreciating the culture. It has to do with the method of thinking and why certain things are phrased the way they are. Um, and that could be the reason why, and this is just my own thought, it could be the reason why a lot of individuals who take those two or three years in school or maybe even four years in a university, and then they come out years later and still don't know anything, it's more likely because they didn't take an opportunity to be immersed in the culture. Mm -hmm. That's a good question, Anthony. That's a really good question. Yeah, because that's kind of what I've learned being exposed more to like Mexican music from this area. I never really knew Spanish growing up, but I found it was a fun way to kind of get introduced to it because uh, I enjoy music and I just thought it was interesting uh, in this yeah. area. Yeah. And then, so that was a Spanish situation. Um, with Portuguese, fast forward, I'm still at this job where, you know, me the cards falling on me, I'm still at the same job. Mm -hmm. Same, same team, same unit. But um, now there was a more, there were more Brazilian clients calling. And so they hired a Brazilian woman. Well, I didn't know any better. I thought Brazil spoke Spanish. What do I know? You know, I'm not geographically inclined. Um, but of course, they speak Portuguese there. And so uh, what, what happened is that when her phone calls, she had so many in, in, in queue, if you will, they would roll over to the Spanish line, which is where I was. So I'm hearing this language and I'm, I'm thinking, I have to learn this language. I haven't felt this way since Spanish. I have to learn this language. At the same time, my uh, bosses, uh, see, now I'm thinking in Portuguese. I was about to start speaking Portuguese. Um, my bosses were, were, were uh, recognizing that we needed more Portuguese-speaking people. So they took six of us Spanish speakers put us in a class, paid for it for us to learn Portuguese. And the day after the first class, we had to start taking phone calls in Portuguese. They're like, we're paying for this. You're on, throw, you know, throw into the deep end of the pool. Wow. And so uh, with that kind of an environment and everything, um, I became fluent in Portuguese in about six months. Wow. Because wow. Of it was Portuguese for Spanish speakers. Mm -hmm. So the whole verb conjugation, everything that they didn't have to spend time explaining that in Portuguese because we already knew right. Spanish. And, yeah. And with, yeah. And then just kept, kept doing it where now Portuguese is pretty much my main language, dreaming and doing stuff. Oh, that was one wow. of the questions that we had. It is, some, yeah. We had some people like our audience write in some questions and one of them was, which language you dreamt in? Mm -hmm. Portuguese, Portuguese, and then it's been a while since I can remember dreaming in Spanish. English, of course, is in there, but uh, for the most part, I'm going to say, let's say 49% Portuguese, 51% English. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's in my head. Yeah, you really did get immersed in it because it is funny. There, you do reach a point where your thoughts are in that language, and sometimes you'll slip up. I don't do that now, but there was a 
time period where I would like slip up and use the Portuguese word or or use an expression like because for example if you're around a lot of Portuguese speakers who English is their second language right sometimes they say things incorrectly in English but it just starts to catch on like a very common one and I think I, I mentioned this to Antino before but a very common one in my old uh, in Connecticut was um, they used to say um, open the light or close the light. Uh-huh. Exactly, exactly. Abre luz, fecha luz. And it doesn't make sense in English, but after a while you keep hearing it so much, you're like, oh yeah, open the light. And so when you say it around somebody who does not, you know, speak Portuguese or just like a family member or something, I'm like, oh, can you open the light, please? I'm like, oh wait, that doesn't make any sense. I need to, exactly. can you turn on the light, please? <laughs> It's, it, it, it's interesting because, you know, individuals, you hear them say, um, when they want to get out of the car, you want to get down with me? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to, uh, let's go make groceries? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that direct translation, it, it is quite interesting in and of itself. But even now, because I'm looking at the two of you, and I know that you are Portuguese speaking and Spanish speaking, it's very hard to speak to you in English right now. It really is. I'm really concentrating <laughs> for the audience. Nice. But how often when you're speaking Spanish or Portuguese, do you get those mixed up? Um, it's uh, Well, actually, I, I get them mixed up when I know that the person in front of me speaks the language or I'm in an environment that speaks one language and the person from the other language comes in. <laughs> I don't know if this makes sense. Yeah. Example, you know, I'm in, I'm in one place and everything is in Portuguese, but then a Spanish speaker walks in and now I can't remember Spanish. I'm only speaking to them in Portuguese, <laughs> it, you know, or vice versa, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, once it gets rolling, then there's no problem. But yeah, that's when it becomes, I'm thinking in Portuguese right now. <laughs> well, here, I'll give you a chance to think in another language. What are, what's a word either in Spanish or Portuguese that you can't express in English that you really appreciate? Oh, for Portuguese, any Portuguese speaker will tell you. Saudade. Saudade, cafuné, desabafar. So, saudade is... Go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm I'm talking too much. Please. No, 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 no. I'm I'm listening. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said anything. I'm listening. But so out of those three words you mentioned, I kind of feel like I can't even say it right. Saudades does have a good English equivalent, but I want to hear it from you because you're the expert here. Uh, oh no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. That's no, how we're selling I, this. I, you are the expert because <laughs> because in my head, I I kind of view it as like you miss something. Or you have like, you miss a particular thing or a, a particular, mm-hmm. you have, you know, feelings of missing something. <laughs> exactly. A longing well, for, for me, it? It, in my mind, to miss something straight from uh-huh. English would be in Portuguese, sentir falta. I, 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 miss, I miss that person or I miss that thing. Mm-hmm. But saudade is 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 slightly different because saudade is how can i put this it's a yearning it is missing something that you enjoyed at one time that you've experienced before 
okay. example. Okay. Um, let's see here. You're from, wait, you're from back east. You're from Connecticut. You mentioned it just a few moments ago, right? So like, I can't have a, well, that's not right. That's not right. That's not, that's not the term I want to use. It's difficult to explain in English. Right, that's which is what you said. So it makes, yeah, sense. It makes sense. Because saudade carries with it uh, a yearning as well. Like, for example, if I really, 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 really want to go to Connecticut mm-hmm. to visit, in English, I could say, you know, I yearn to go to Connecticut. I really have the desire to really want to go. Okay. But I cannot have saudade for Connecticut because I've never been there, enjoyed it, and left it. Mm. You have. You can have Saudade for Connecticut. I cannot until I've gone there. It's almost homesickness. You have to have experience. And see, the, now look at all the words that I've used in English mm-hmm. to explain Saudade. <laughs> yeah, I get well, it. It's no, more I, like I do a, get it. A concept, I think, and that's the. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's a concept. That's that's probably a better term versus something tangible. Uh-huh. It's a concept. Because that's what I found in okay. sign language, too. A lot of the words are, are concepts. It's not like an individual word to express something. That's why I always found it fascinating. Exactly. And I think that's a, lo- a lot of English speakers may have a they have challenges in learning foreign language just because of what you just said there. And that is conveying concepts versus words. English is very, I like to call it a very domineering language. If you grow up speaking only English, it's almost like English won't let you pronounce foreign words. Mm. If you try to pronounce it, you'll use it with the English pronunciation of the oh. of the vowels and the consonants. Yeah. It's a very dominating language. Spanish will let you do Portuguese. I, I talked with a guy who spoke Arabic and he said that Arabic is a better language to learn because in Arabic, it contains the sounds of a majority of the languages on the earth. Hmm. In some hmm. way, the sounds are there that that are... Uh, I didn't really question him about it. I just went, okay, you, you speak <laughs> Arabic, so okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, wasn't going to question him like, yeah. like what? Like what? <laughs> Like apparently in Arabic, there's a sound in inye, the in with the oh. shoulder over in Spanish, um, ah, e, you know, those different types of vowels that exist. Apparently, they're all incorporated somewhere or another in Arabic, is what he was saying. So, in learning Arabic, he could go from Arabic to other languages because he could connect it with Arabic. Any of your listeners who speak Arabic can can shoot me down on that. That's fine. Yeah, that'd be interesting to hear. Yeah. And what what were the other two words? Oh, um, desabafar. Okay. We really do have a word in English for that, which is like vent. This is when you're pouring out all of your anxiety and and everything that's bothering you. You're just venting, just to just to get it out. It's built up and it's like, I gotta talk to somebody. I do this, you know, to a friend or a relative or something. You just desabafar. You just pour it out, spill it out, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is kafne, which is actually uh, an African word. 
that comes from um, either Angola, I forget if it's Kamun, um, I have to look it up again. But Kafune is the specific, the specific rubbing the head and stroking the hair of a loved one. It's very, very specific. That's the only time you can, you can say that uma pessoa está dando kafune. That that person oh. is giving someone kafune. We, in English, we would just say stroking the hair. You know, you stroke the hair of your daughter, stroke the hair mm-hmm. of your wife. Mm-hmm. But kafune uh, is very specific. Wow. And are there any one any words in Spanish that you feel the same way about? Let me think about Spanish. Let me think about Spanish. I'm in the place. Like I'm trying to think if there's a word and if there's a way to express something in Spanish that English doesn't do. Tortilla. I, <laughs> I, I, I haven't I haven't really found anything specific in Spanish. And let me rephrase that because that would be a lie. I can't remember something in Spanish that I would rather express in Spanish than in English. Uh, there is there's something out there. I just, I, I can't remember it now, but I'll be talking to somebody tomorrow in Spanish like, oh, that's what it was. If there, um, have you had an opportunity to visit any Spanish or Portuguese speaking countries? And if so, which ones? The wife and I, we got a chance to go to, in 2019, right before the pandemic, which is great. We had a chance to go to Lisbon, Portugal. And we were oh, there nice. for about a week and a half. And for a minute, when we were in Lisbon, walking the street, and like we lived there, because uh, we were going to a laundromat, we had our clothes with us, and we were just walking in the hotel. Um we actually thought about retiring there. It was only a minute though, but it was a long minute. <laughs> and then we came to reality and that's not gonna happen. Um, but it's it's, it's such a nice a, place. It's beautiful. such a beautiful country. Many mm-hmm. people retire there. Many people mm-hmm. from England, many people from the United States, they go to they go to um, to Portugal to retire. But um, it was the first opportunity, the first place that we were in since we learned Portuguese, where everybody spoke Portuguese. We had never in, been in a situ- in a in an area or an environment like that. All the signs, walking down the street, going to a restaurant, everyone speaking Portuguese, it was mind-blowing. Um, and when you're a nerd like myself, it was super mind-blowing. <laughs> and I learned some new words there, like comboio, for example. I didn't know what yes. that meant. Yes. <laughs> Or um, yeah, well, I did know that one. They, I heard people say that. Um, uh, yeah, there were some words that I had to understand, and the accent is very different. Yes, you know, they don't you don't hear any voce and stuff like that there. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Did you get a chance to go to Belém or some of the other surrounding? It was not part of the tour that we had. Gotcha. But, uh, we went to the Rio Teju, the, the Teju River. Mm-hmm. It's not Teju. I forgot how you say it in English, but it's um, the river that that's uh, one of the main rivers there in Portugal. Mm-hmm. And you know what I didn't know 
is that um, you know in Brazil they have the big statue. They have Christ. one there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have one in, in in Portugal. Yeah, a little one. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, check it out. Click, click. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did you? What was your favorite food there in Portugal? Oh, it was salmon at oh. a restaurant. Okay. Casa Dourado, which All is right. right down the street from our hotel. Okay. The salmon was like thick like a steak. And every piece of salmon since then is judged that I've had is judged against that piece of salmon. And nobody, I love my wife. Remember I said how she's you know good cook out the kitchen and everything? She can't uh-huh. produce that in the stuff in the oven. Her salmon is really good. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. Listening. Her salmon is really good. <laughs> But measuring it against that salmon at that restaurant and some other fishes too that they had, nothing can touch it. There's nothing can touch it. Let me ask you this. Was the salmon, so was it like a typical filet that you would find here or was it or, or did, was it more of the whole fish? Because one thing I noticed is that a lot of the fish meals that you order there, they, and I had to get used to this, they put the entire fish on your plate. And I wasn't used to that. Ours was the filet. It, wasn't it was the filet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was it it was it was perfect. I, you can't really have anything perfect, but it was perfect. <laughs> the skin around the edge was just crisp enough. The inside was just flaky and juicy enough. I'd never experienced. As you can tell, it's an emotional feeling for me. <laughs> it wasn't just eating. So dodgy. After, <laughs> <laughs> it was an experience having that. <laughs> it was amazing. It was, just... it was interesting because um, what we didn't realize is that they only had salmon. It's a catch of the day. It's only on a certain night. We assumed that it was part of the regular regiment. So we went inside. When we first went in, um, we were... Uh, there and there were some other Americans there, other English speakers that were there. And we noticed that they sat us all in the same space, in the same row. And then it dawned on us, it's probably because they only have one waiter that speaks English. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why they put them there. But when my wife and I began to speak Portuguese to them, their whole attitude changed. (laughs) The cook came out of the kitchen he let Wanda sample some new stew that he was doing, gave us a bowl for free. And it wow. was a whole different thing. Okay, that's the first time we go in. So next time we go in, because again, we're craving the salmon. Mm-hmm. Um, we went in and that's when we found out it wasn't the catch of the day. And there was another fish that was there, which was good, just not the salmon. Mm-hmm. So later on, another night, my wife wasn't feeling too well, but she's like, do you mind, do you mind going down, walking down the street and to the restaurant? I said, and get the salmon? Yeah, would you mind? No problem at all. Now, what my wife had said to them the day before, two days before, that we'll be back for the salmon. He said, yeah, we'll have it in two days from now. Well, he must have miscalculated because when I went there, he goes, Oh no, today is not the salmon day. So, oh, is we had the same we had the same waiter each time. It's oh well, 
my wife, she really, really wanted that salmon. And he said, hold on. Do you know if they went in the freezer or the refrigerator? And they made the salmon especially for my wife. Oh, wow. Nice. Wow. <laughs> this is all because they spoke Portuguese. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're like, so, you speak our language, you family. It, it was, it was, it was awesome. It really, really was. As a matter of fact, I'm going to, I'm going to WhatsApp to you. I don't know. Hmm. There we go. Sorry. I thought it was checked. It wasn't. Oh, Ooh, wow. that looks really good. <laughs> That's the salmon, man. I have never seen salmon like that because it's usually like a. Uh, um. It's both sides of the fish, right? That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when I got one, you know, get the broccoli and the potatoes, but. Mm-hmm. It was very good. Man. I can't, and what, I can't. Go and what kind of wine did you have with it? You know what? I'm not a wine drinker. We didn't we didn't drink any wine. So, you know, just that water, the water that's sitting there in the bottle in front of us. Oh, okay. Nice. No, that, that is was, awesome. Man, it was it was great. It really was great. Do you get a chance to try any of their pastries or anything there? Uh Pastel de Belain. Okay. That was I love very those. Good. Yeah. I started the lane. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to a couple of different restaurants too. It was, uh, and I can't really think of the names of the pastries, but they were good. There mm-hmm. was a, an ice cream, a, was it a gelato or something? I forget. That mm-hmm. was in the mall. So that was nice too. Awesome. And so, beside Portugal, is there anywhere else that you've traveled to where you got a chance to well, put those we language did. skills to the test? Well, we went to um, South Africa. They have Portuguese-speaking people there. Uh, so I got to use that a little bit. Uh, Brazilians that, or Portuguese? No, actually from Angola. Oh, Angolans. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. When we were in uh, South Africa. And then um, when we were... Actually, language-wise, that that pretty much is it. I mean, we've been to Canada, uh, but then who hasn't? Well, actually, a lot of people haven't. I, should I haven't. Canada. <laughs> You're not missing out on anything. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're going to infuriate our Canadian yeah, listeners. I always wonder. No, I'm just saying, but I always wonder why even there shouldn't even be a border there. It really is. <laughs> it really is a continuation. We're you know, it's it's we're cousins. Like we're cousins. Yeah, it's like the other side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. Where else have we been? We went to. Um, uh, yeah, was South Africa. No, actually, actually, those are the only. Uh, countries you've been to i you know i want to go to i want to go to mexico which would be cool i've been to mexico but my mexico experience is driving to the border parking on this side walking to the other side spending a couple hours and walking back over to this side Uh that's not really the mexican experience that i'm looking forward to you know what that's like it's like eating Taco Bell. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Love it. That's not really the Mexican food experience. So then for somebody who has, because you said like English is so dominant. And I think for me, I've learned that in my life too, because I didn't realize how much you have to change your mouth movements and your throat and the way that you say different things. But what mm-hmm. would you, why would you tell somebody that they should try to learn another language if they can? To to understand that, I think it's important to understand that concept. Otherwise, you'll get frustrated. Why can't I learn this? Why can't I say it? 
if you go into it knowing the language that you speak is a my personal thing i'm sure there's some technical term it maybe doesn't <laughs> exist but english is a brain dominating language the grooves of english are in your brain if you go into it knowing that then you can make that extra effort to roll the r to use the nasal sound to figure out the different tones that are in vietnamese and chinese whichever the case might be. Um, and I, I, for me, I think that that would help knowing that going in. And then what, what, what spice has it added to your life learning two other languages? Oh, my goodness. That maybe you wouldn't have had if, if you didn't. Dude, dude. Oh, my goodness. I'm starting to sweat <laughs> because it's opened up everything. The ability, first of all, the ability to associate with other people and other oh. cultures. That is phenomenal to me. But then to help other people, um, to be in the store where the cashier is not Spanish speaking and someone behind me is Spanish speaking and they're trying to convey something. And for me to interpret, that's phenomenal. The wife and I, we were almost in a pretty bad car accident um, on the way from Prescott once. And we were, uh, we're it's, it's interesting because I was driving what would be really kind of too close to this truck that was in front of me. And I had realized, I'm like, you know what? I'm driving way too close to this truck. Let me back off of this truck. I wouldn't say three seconds later, the car on the side of that truck that was passing it, the, the tire blew and ran right into that truck. We would have been right in that accident. It turns out that they were all the same family traveling together. Oh, no. Which was, yeah, which is kind of sad. Nobody was hurt. The car, you know, was, was the cars were messed up and everything. Nobody was hurt. The pol- we stayed there because we were witnesses. We saw it. Actually, we almost had it on videotape because um, we had our videotape with us because we were up in Prescott, right? Um, so the pol- we stayed there. The police showed up and nobody spoke English. And so I told the policeman, I, I speak Spanish. And so I translated for them. And when I'm in translation mode, sometimes I'm not paying attention to what I'm saying. I'm just translating the words. And so here's the reason I'm telling you this. So we drive off and I was telling my wife, I said, wow, that, that woman, she really held that, that, that truck in place. She was the one that was hit. And my wife goes, Jack, what are you talking about? It was the man that was driving. I go, no, when I was back there, and the, the policeman asked, you know, who, who, who was driving and who had the driver's license? The woman took out her Mexican driver's license and, and showed it to the policeman. And that's what I just translated. She goes, Jack, it was the man that was driving. It was then that I remembered it was the guy. I have it on videotape. Because as soon as the accident happened, I pulled out my videotape and from behind, and he got out the driver's side. Wow. So... We were way up the road. We turned around, got off the next exit, drove all the way back. They were also there, came up, and I translated. I, I told the police, I said, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, there's been a mistake in my translation. And so I told, because the guy speaks no Spanish, right, the policeman? So I told the people in Spanish, I said, listen, I have to tell the truth. I, 
I, I'm I'm a very religious person. And I know, ma'am, you weren't driving, that it was actually him. I have it on videotape, and I have to tell the policeman. But the cop has no idea what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> so I trust, I go, sir, um, I think they want to tell you something. I made a mistake. It was him that was driving. And then the cop goes, well, you, is that true? Is, you know, and I translated, you know, what was said. I said, now, remember I said, well, sir, let me tell you what, let me, let me tell them what you said. Okay, he's asking you if it's true. You got to tell the truth. If not, I'm going to have to pull out my tape and, and show. I'm, I'm sorry, I have to do this. So the guy explained he didn't have a license. And he was scared. And that's why he told his wife to show her driver's license. And so the policeman quasi understood. He was upset because they had lied to him. But he, he was, he was, he understood that why I came back and everything too and you know but uh things like that going back to your question I'm sorry I think I, I got way off topic of has it affected me in knowing other languages absolutely absolutely I I love the fact that I communicate with people uh the workers that come to my house uh he speaks English fine but he's it's Spanish is his first language so I talk to him in Spanish all the time he's like Jack I didn't know you spoke that much Spanish. And in my head, I'm thinking, you have no idea how little English I speak now because <laughs> that's funny. But no, no that was no, go ahead. Go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just gonna say that was good. I, I appreciate that. And it's funny because when he asked you like if it added any spice to your life, I was looking for what spices you bought when you went grocery shopping. <laughs> And so I do buy you, a hotter hot sauce. Right. <laughs> but uh you understood his question correctly. <laughs> Just a really a, a few quick um questions real quickly before we wrap up. These are some of the questions that people sent in. Um and you already answered one, which language do you dream in? Um you even though your profession isn't necessarily interpreting, you do interpret. So these questions still fit. I think everyone was thinking that you were a professional interpreter, but you, I thought you, you were really, a professional interpreter. <laughs> but you, yeah, so that's would, so that's, somebody. That's actually my dream job. I would uh, love to do that. Yeah, so that's what these questions are. But um, again, I think the, so. So we'll just rattle off a couple real quickly. Sure. Um, how accurate are movies and TV shows when they speak the language you know? So Portuguese, Spanish. How accurate is it? Interesting, because. I have seen subtitles and things like a Portuguese one. And I'm going to say in the 90 percentile range, they're accurate. But there's a lot of stuff that's left out. There's a lot of stuff that's left out. And I'll, I'll even go back. I'll even go back to an old show. I Love Lucy. I Love Lucy is so much funnier now that I understand Spanish. I know what Ricky's saying to Lucy. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he'll say a little bit in English and then the audience will laugh because it's the English word. But I'm like, oh, he's really, he's really talking to her, you know, about <laughs> whatever. So much funnier. Um, I like watching bilingual um, movies and, and shows that go between the two because it helps me to, to understand it. And it is, it is funnier, but as far as accuracy, I'm going to put it in the, in the, 93 to 95% percentile. 100% okay. no way. <laughs> okay. All right. Awesome. 
And last question is, because you did answer quite a few of the ones that people did ask. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, just through um, the conversation, it kind of went there naturally. Right. Yeah, which is perfect. But um, one of the questions, and while it's not going to be direct, it is an interesting question. What are some of your pet peeves in this field? So in other words, you're not, um, obviously, this is not your main job, but do you, are there any pet peeves that you run into as far as either learning or trying to translate for anyone? Or is there something about either language that you just find just annoying? Um, that's a, that is a very good question. Are there any, any pet peeves in interpreting or translating? Um, not really. I guess if I'm doing an interpret, if I'm interpreting uh, or speaking for someone, uh, maybe speaking too fast in the one language and not giving me time to continue or saying too much where okay. I've forgotten the first part of what you said and I only remember the second part. Um, I guess I can put that as a, a pet peeve. One of the things that's interesting is a pet peeve at my current place of employment is I'm not allowed to speak Portuguese on the phone to the client because our calls are monitored and they have someone who can monitor the English calls and the Spanish speaking calls. Although I, I have to actually uh, be certified to speak Spanish. I'm a certified uh, speaker uh, of Spanish and I have to take a test every year. Mm -hmm. So everyone else, they have to call an interpreter line to, to get someone to speak Spanish. But if I get a Spanish speaking client, I can go ahead and do it. But also um, with Portuguese, this is a pet peeve because I'm also a certified teacher of Portuguese. I've had the pleasure of teaching at least almost 30 people in a class environment and getting certified to do so to teach them Portuguese. But if I get a Portuguese speaking client, I'm not supposed to speak to them. And I've, I've done it. And they recorded the call and said, Jack, you, you, you can't speak Portuguese. So I have to call out to the translator line, get someone who speaks Portuguese, sit there and listen to both languages that I understand. The client is speaking in Portuguese. I know what he says, but I have to wait for the English translation for him to tell me. I have to tell the English speaker you know what I'm saying. And then he tells me Portuguese, which is what I know. So it's that is hilarious. A little annoying. Does the has the interpreter ever made a mistake before? This uh the the Portuguese speaker, they they would they sometimes use a word that I wouldn't that I wouldn't have used. I would have chosen another word. Why? Mm -hmm. I'm in the industry. They're translating the best word they know. I know the word because it's my job for the past two decades. <laughs> right. So there's there's specific industry terms that are used mm. that have a word, but because they're not, they're they're probably interpreting for all types of businesses. Exactly. So they may not know. I can see that, especially like if it was medical or something. I can see them not knowing. Like I don't know what this is, but it's a tube, and they want to, you know, or something exactly. like that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I had that in in Spanish once because. At my job, we had a Spanish team, but the company decided that it was better for everybody to take the calls and when you need Spanish to go and get an interpreter versus translating it, transferring it to my team, the Spanish team. Uh, when that announcement was made, it did not go over well um, at all. 
I was going to boycott it. Uh, and I said, well, if you're not going to pay me to speak Spanish, then I will take calls in Spanish. That was my first thing. So I called the interpreter line. I said, I'm just going to, like I do in Portuguese, I'll just do it with Spanish. And they're not going to pay me and blah, blah, blah. Fine. Mm -hmm. I took that first call and I'm listening to the guy. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I can't use this service. He's using words that are not for the, that are not words specific to my industry. He's just mm -hmm. using random words type of thing. Oh, no, 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 no. This is not good customer service to my client. I'll just, I'll, I'll just take my own Spanish calls and I'll just keep myself certified uh, in that, in that particular measure. But to be a professional interpreter, I, I have a friend who is, he, he interprets for the court in both English and, I'm sorry, in both Spanish and Portuguese. But uh, to have a job like that and that be my job, that is a dream job. I would love to have that job. So I, I know we're trying to wrap it up, but I just had one more question about the whole interpreting thing. Um, you are a very expressive person, which is good, but I've seen it before where the interpreter wasn't expressive and the English speaker was very expressive in like a public uh, speaking setting. Right. Um, so what kind of um, what kind of things would you interpret? Right. How would you try to convey that feeling? Or if you had like another speaker who is telling a story, very expressive. Like, how much would you try to imitate their expressions? Oh, if they're very expressive, I got I have no problem. <laughs> I've, got, I've got no problem. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and go all out. All out. <laughs> it's, the one that's, it's the one that's calm that I have to kind of bring myself down. Uh, However. With interpreting for an audience, if you know your audience, some things that the English speaker might be saying low for the Portuguese speaking audience, Brazilians especially, you have to be expressive to bring out the whole point mm -hmm. for them to get it. They may not get it if it, the, the point of what he's what he's saying, if he's not um, if he's not expressive, he's just saying the words. I may have to be expressive for them to get the point of the words he's saying. Whereas if you're sitting and listening in English, you get it. No problem because you know the words that are being said. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. Because um, like you were saying, some words in Portuguese convey things that you can't really in English. And so you'd also have to give the emotion behind it as well because it's exactly. not a stale language by any exactly. means. Exactly. And English you can know. be like monotone, just have them talking. All day. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. English can you can do that with English. It's not based on uh, pitch, although pitch is obvious, uh, varying in pitch and pace. It's 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 obvious that it would be nice, mm -hmm. but it's not required. Yeah, Portuguese and Spanish. That's required in mm -hmm. order to get the right meaning. You know, um, uh, to the bang, to the bang. You know, you can't say those two the same and get the same meaning out of it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the hardest thing for me was, like, I try to be expressive, but, like, trying to be that expressive is, like, nerve-wracking for me sometimes. But it was, it's fun. <laughs> I'm a little bit more introverted when I'm around other cultures, too, so it's a little bit – I had to get out of my shell with that one. We went to Brazil, and everybody was hugging me. And I was just like, oh, I, like, yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just let it happen, but – 
I'll just let it happen. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just it's nice that people feel that way about you, but it's kind of hard to you know. It's just if funny. you're not used to it, it's it's very true. It's yeah. very true. I when I would have um, you know, I would I would have individuals you know come and visit, um, and if they if because of the fact of it being a Portuguese speaking environment, so individuals might come to visit who are American. And I tell them ahead of time, like on the phone or before they get to the door, okay, well, glad to have you here. Okay, listen, I have to tell you, don't freak out. Uh, we all hug each other, men <laughs> as well as women, and it's fine. Don't freak out. And 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 we use first names here versus traditionally mm-hmm. last names. Oh, yeah. Don't freak out. <laughs> You know, so you have to introduce people a little bit to the culture. And afterwards, I've I've had individuals go, I'm so glad you told me that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's so funny you mentioned that. I, it just reminded me of a quick story. In Connecticut, we used to do the two kisses on each cheek, uh-huh. you know, for any time it was, you know. Uh, greet well, someone. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was a greeting, especially for like sisters or whatever. It was just, it was just common. And I remember I got so used to it every meeting. In fact, my you know, my back got stronger when I was there because I was constantly bending down doing all these kisses <laughs> the whole time. So it was, just, I got so used to it that when I went back to Detroit to visit my, <laughs> I saw one of my friends, she's, she's married. And um, just out of habit, I went up to her. And the first thing I did as a gift, I did the one kiss on one cheek. And then I, and as I did that, her husband was standing behind her looking at me like What's going on? and I was like I forgot I'm not in Connecticut anymore but I got so used to it I got so used to it and he was looking at me like I, I, we go way back so I'm going to let that slide but I really you know anyone else I would cut you <laughs> but I'm going to let that slide and I, but it's just funny you just become so comfortable with the culture. And then of course, when I moved out here, it's very different. It's like, every, right. you know, people are just kind of like, yeah. Uh, so, um, well, English you know, culture is like that out here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. 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 Exactly. It's just kind of a little bit more like, here's my block of space. Stay out of it. So, <laughs> I adjusted back to that, but I, I was so immersed in it that, yeah, that was an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. It was so funny. I wish I could. Well, anyway, if I ever if I ever did like a life story in a video, that would definitely be like one scene from that. <laughs> movie. Have to do that Aaron makes <laughs> another terrible mistake. Episode seven. Right. Exactly. <laughs> what to do and what not to what do. Not to right. Do. Yeah. The like, life and times I, of Aaron Owens. Do, do I do I have time for one more little one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So in the um in the Caribbean in Spanish. Okay. Actually, I have two little quick stories here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking about, you know, the double kissing and everything. I'm not comfortable with other women calling me me amor. And so I'm talking to clients and I can see on the address, you know, they're from Florida. So they're probably from Cuba or maybe they're from Puerto Rico or wherever the case is. And every other word, mi amor, mi amor, mi amor. And in my head, I, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting angry and angry. I am not your amor. I'm not your love. And, and it took me a long time to come to the conclusion. Wait, this is just the way. It's like in the South where they say, honey. It's yeah. just yeah. a way to express. Mm-hmm. It took me a 
long time to get there. It took me a long time <laughs> to get there. Mm-hmm. Until I was comfortable with another woman saying, Mi amor, mi amor. And I said, what? <laughs> I'm not sure more. The other thing about about regional Spanish, just real quick, is um, with certain terms, well, some Spanish speakers don't know other terms of other Spanish speakers. So I'm 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 on the phone, and uh, I'm looking at you know information. I can tell that there is one of the things I do. I'm I'm uh, an underwriter, credit underwriter, so I'm looking at credit reports and things. And I could see that someone's vehicle, the loan had been repossessed or something happened with it. But before we learn, before we loan more money to them, what happened to that loan? <laughs> you know, are you gonna have a repossession with us? So I asked her in Spanish, you know, what had happened, and she said to me, she's from uh, Puerto Rico. She said to me, oh, yo sé que pasó, yo, yo sufrí un accidente en mi guagua, which is, uh, I know what happened. I had an accident in my guagua, in your what? <laughs> in my guagua. What in the world is a guagua? And as an adult, how can you be comfortable saying that word? <laughs> and so I'm asking everyone around me, Spanish speaking, what's a wawa? And no one knows because they're all Mexican except for one guy who's Dominican. Oh. And he says, I know what it is. It's a van. It's like a, a minivan. Mm. Well, I didn't because apparently in the in the past they used to deliver water, agua. Guagua, Wawa is where it comes from. Well, I didn't know that. How can a grown woman be talking about Wawa? <laughs> I don't know this. That is hilarious. And one last one, and then I'll be quiet, I promise. Not really. good. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's the word, and I don't know if you know this one, uh, uh, Anthony. Uh, ahorita. ahorita. There are two meanings for that. Ahorita. It's like now? Now, for for Mexicans, I was going to say for us, because, you know, I consider myself negro mexicano. I'm, I'm, a mexican. so I'm a white Mexican, us, so it's all good. <laughs> it, it means right now, ahorita, right now. Okay. But in the Caribbean, it doesn't. Ahorita in the Caribbean, in the Dominican and in Puerto Rico, it means later on, sometime in the future. Oh, man. So I'm on the phone and I'm talking <laughs> to the person and I tell them that, oh, congratulations. I've increased your credit line. They say, when is it available? And I say, ahorita. <laughs> so the Mexican says, great, I'll go and start spending. Mm-hmm. The Caribbean says, okay, so when? Um, ahorita, right now. Oh, okay, I understand. So when? What they're hearing is, when they say, when will it be available? I'm saying to them, later on. They're like, well, when later on? And I say it again, later on. Well, when later on? So I stop saying ahorita. And say what, ahora? Inmediato. Inmediato. Oh, immediato. Immediato. Okay. So dialect, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to learn. Well, my first attempt at learning Spanish was when I was 19, 
and a friend of mine, he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll show you how to like speak and stuff. Here's some expressions, this and that. And so then I tried talking to somebody else and they're like, don't listen to him. He's Dominican. He doesn't know how to speak Spanish. And I was like, what? I just thought nice. it was all the same. <laughs> they're like, that's not how you say that. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I gave up. You know, my wife would not mind me telling you all this story. This happens in English too. Yeah, well, that's the funny thing is after I learned that, then I had to look at myself, and then I see everything else that's backwards about my own language, and then I was super confused. I was like, what is, like, language? Why did I even start doing this? (laughs) This is true. This is true. The wife and I, we had to have an interpreting class because she's from the South. I'm from the Southwest. So one day in the house, she says to me, Jack, come here. Yes, dear. What, what, what is it? Can you go in the bathroom and kill that water bug? For the Arizonan, a water bug is a little bitty mm. black hard beetle thing. So I go equipped to kill that. <laughs> uh, apparently for people in the South, a water bug is a bug by the water. It's a cockroach. Oh, man. And I walk yeah. in prepared to kill a water bug and the cockroach is sitting there going so what's up yeah. <laughs> in michigan that's in michigan that's how they were too they were black cockroaches well we called them water bugs because you know we didn't want to be associated with the brown roaches we thought they were different we thought we were better we're like we ain't got them brown roaches we got water bugs <laughs> we'll go ahead really? i'm sorry so in michigan it's water bug as well for the black ones, yeah. The uh-huh. black ones are water bugs, but the brown, the little brown ones that we can uh-huh. typically consider roaches are, are roaches. Oh, goodness. But the black ones, and they usually would be in the basement around the drains and stuff. Right, right. Yeah, so that's generally that where was, you saw them. That was in year two of our marriage, and so we immediately had a, a major, you know, conversation about <laughs> translation. <laughs> Out here in the desert, these this is this. Uh yeah (laughs) well it i mean to be honest i'm afraid to say things because i could be wrong as well but i think something that's like native to tucson is people saying that it's a ganga deal and i don't hear anyone else say that but it was because some commercial was like oh yeah i'm I'm, you know i'm here in phoenix going what's that no there was like some commercial or something and the guy would say that and like my parents would say it and like other people would say it but no one else really gets what you're saying so i was like oh i guess it's just a two something (laughs) it happens yeah fun stuff well thanks a lot jack or thank you thank you so much (laughs) which was the end Oh, we no, are. no, this is part one. We'll, we'll do part two next time, and we'll go uh, into something else. Well, I really yeah. thank you guys for uh, for inviting me. This was this was really cool. I really thought that, you know, I was going to be super nerd, super boring. There'd be crickets in the background because I didn't know what to say. If there's but, anything uh, that des- describes you, it's not boring. <laughs> That's why <laughs> when we were like, Agreed. I said, Aaron, we know what we're going to talk about, but I feel like there's so much more that we could say. So we're going to try to have to, like, keep it to a minimum. <laughs> Well, I told you, you know, once you start talking, you forget, you forget. You were correct. You were correct. You completely forget. So, but thank you so much for joining us and we would love to have you back in the future. Um, 
if you could just do me a favor and just send me your address because we like to send a little present to our our the the our guest you guys um so yeah if you could just send that to me and i will get something out to you it's a bill no (laughs) yeah exactly exactly no, we don't tell you that. We don't tell you what it is. If that's if that's the case, you need to address it to the other half. Okay, <laughs> okay. That's, that's too funny. No, thank you guys really. Uh, this is this is this is great. And I'll uh, I guess I'll ask you afterwards where it shows up in the whole deal and blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, this has been Two Crazy Scoops Podcast, Season 4, with your hosts, Ao and Antino. And we'd like to once again thank, thank ENA for pushing our buttons this episode. And uh, we will see you guys next time.